Actually, where I sleep, right here, and I keep my eggs on the dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> All jokes. <laughs> yes, we do a shoes off policy here. I give you the first bit of joy, which is the bathroom and the skylight, because everyone knows taking a shower in the skylight is immaculate. We have a dry flush toilet, but in this time, we do not have toilet paper. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is the bathroom. This is the full-size kitchen in here. A propane-powered stove. Turn it on. We have fire, um, sink, and in here is the refrigerator. Oh, awesome! It's a big refrigerator. Two compartments, and we have all of our utensils, pans. Where all the stuff that you can find in the common home. Dishes, food, pantry. This is my kitchen window, but when I sleep at night, I close this. And you cannot see in. Um, of course, you have to have plants in your home. You have to talk to them, take care of them, <laughs> them play with them. I have three plants in here that I love. Um, moving into the living room space, this is actually my closet in here. It's a smaller closet. Have the drawers for knickknacks, uh, but this is my backpack. This is the living room area. This is a mural that I painted on this wall. Oh, nice! Um, we have storage on both sides. The heater is actually under this bench as well. So, pillows, blankets, and um, I can actually show you how the bed comes down. So, pull this right here. And don't mind the wall, I took all the paper off, but this is my side bed. Nice. Oh. Same on that. Okay. It's a comfortable mattress. When I'm done, I just put that up. And back here, we have some closet space, camping gear. And over here, we have a music closet, two guitars, keyboard, three guitars actually. Keyboard speakers, yeah. And all the way in the back, we have the garage. Bike, suitcase, some tools. Uh, yeah, this is my home, and it has been my home for three and a half years. Everything is solar powered. So all the electricity, all the lights in here, all the USB boards are operating off solar power on the roof. And they charge batteries that allow me to have electricity throughout the night. Daytime to charge. So, yeah, this is, uh, this is my home. Thank you for having us Absolutely. in your home. Absolutely, welcome. Appreciate it. Thank you. Welcome to It's Thoughts Now, the happy hour finance and business. My name is Stan Lee aka Stan Lane. I'm here with Ron and he is an extraordinary entrepreneur that's starting from the ground up. He has this amazing company that's doing conversion vans where you turn it into a mobile office and also 
uh, mobile home. But I'm going to let Vaughn talk more about that. We're just so happy to be here in L.A. Uh, at a special spot. And then we're just going to continue have our conversation. Vaughn, welcome to the show, Thank my brother. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah appreciate yeah. you guys coming out. No, no. We had to, man. We had to. Like I told you earlier, I saw a lot of things from the clip. Your company is creating a lot of nice <laughs> conversion vans that is doing some amazing things, man. And, and I just like the look of it. It's just like... Thank you. Nice and clean and Thank sweet. You. Yeah. I'm a creative. I had to make it uh, feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's dive in real quickly. Yeah. Uh, I want to unpack some things for you, with you. Tell them a little bit about yourself sure. and then tell them how you got started into, into what I'm doing now. Correct. Sure. But also mention the name of the company. Yeah. Um, so I'll tell my story and then get to my company's name is Unoma House and Unoma is Ebo. It means beautiful home. So we are responsible for creating high quality, beautiful homes that people can recognize when they see that name. Um, how I got started, I, I've always been an entrepreneur, but you know, I grew up in Maryland from the East Coast mm -hmm. and moved out here in 2015. Um, I was working for myself at the time. I've, I've been a software developer for 14 years and loved it. Did my own thing, was able to travel and, um, uh, 2018, I was living in downtown LA and I drove the country the previous year for two months in my Nissan Altima. It was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. Mm -hmm. 11,000 miles, 39 states, talked to random people. I blogged mm -hmm. every day, like you could follow me online. And uh, I came back and I, I just was like, I don't want to pay rent anymore. This, this is, there's no return on investment. Right. Uh, what am I doing? So. I go back, I end my lease in downtown, go back to Maryland, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get a delivery truck. Because mm -hmm. it's a tiny home, but it's also my vehicle. Right. So I got this delivery truck in Indiana, paid $9,500 for it, drove it back to Maryland, started converting it. And about three months in, uh, I left Maryland, came back to LA, continued converting it. I would pull up at Home Depot parking lots and continue working on it and building and, and working on my, my, my clients in the meantime. So when I got done, we were in the pandemic. Right. 2019, 20, we were in the pandemic. And this was like the perfect vehicle. Everybody's like, Vaughn, I'm coming to you if, if things go sideways in the world. <laughs> like, you, you, you're the guy yeah. to call. Like, you got solar power, you got everything. So, and just a little bit about this truck. It's fully solar powered. Uh, it is a 18 foot long cargo area, 126 square feet. Has a full bathroom, shower, dry flush toilet, full kitchen, refrigerator, running water. Murphy bed is here, a full size Murphy bed. I got the garage in the back with the bike hanging up. Yeah. So I have everything I need and nothing more. And moving into this space of the pandemic and what I felt my mission was as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. it was not programming. Even though I'm a technologist, I, I love engineering. I'm all about it. But to have an impact to, to create a home and build mm -hmm. a home for someone mm -hmm. is incredible. And so when I finished this truck, I had people left and right saying, hey, are you, are you doing this? Like, can I pay you yeah. to do this? But it's still part of like engineering, right? Of course. Okay. Of course. So it's a, it's a different way of engineering, right? And so I'm using my software brain that I know of to create these homes and solve problems in here, it's like a puzzle, right? Or solve problems in a way where 
how can we create this home for this person's budget and give them what they need and want? And so I started Unoma House in September 2020. We actually just uh, passed our two-year anniversary on the 20th of this month. Thank you. So it's a big deal. We launched a new website, but we've done six vans, converted uh, weekenders and full-time conversions. And we also have our own rental that we rent out. That we're, we're building our rental fleet that we'd like to have countrywide. And uh, now we're getting into the space of modular homes. So smart modular homes that create their own electricity, that create their own local microgrids mm-hmm. that are energy efficient and ADU style. So they don't take up a large footprint on the land. We want to be regenerative, regenerative and sustainable. And we're solar powered, but we also create uh, ways in which you can grow uh, fruits and vegetables on the same land that, that the house is actually providing and sustaining as well. Yeah. So just um, just kind of like full circular thinking here, mm-hmm. creating that network of vendors and manufacturers, and we are architecting and designing those starting summer 2023. Sounds like you're creating your own ecosystem. Yeah, man. Ecosystem. I, I want to build a city. Like I want to I want to have my own zip code somewhere, <laughs> somewhere. Right. The world is big and mm-hmm. there's so much land and opportunity to create housing. Uh, especially being here in LA where we have 60,000 people who are unhoused and San Francisco, we have about 40 or 50 unhoused. Mm-hmm. New York has about 70. Right? Right, right, right. We have issues that we need to solve. No one should be without housing here. And like I was saying earlier, if we're not building homes in a traditional sense anymore, then we need to start looking at alternative options, mm-hmm. whether it's delivery trucks, whether it's vans, whether it's building in the ocean mm-hmm. on retired oil refineries or oil rigs. We need to start thinking in ways or building up. How can we build up in non-traditional spaces? We need to start thinking of ways to build housing for people who want to be housed. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it's just something that's always been a mission of mine as an entrepreneur. But now I have a direct effect. Right, right. Yeah. Have you ever thought about starting an initiative with the government? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, I absolutely, I always want that. I always want to be able to work with local government to create that um, that ability and the ease, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of red tape, especially in Southern California, LA specifically. Right. There's a lot of red tape in terms of building and codes and and a lot of it is bureaucracy because of money. Right, right. So how can we get around that? And it absolutely takes getting in on the local government level and talking to people and telling them what we want to do. But absolutely. And it might not be in L.A. that I partner with that government. It might be in Arizona. It might be in New York. It might mm-hmm. be in D.C. Mm-hmm. But somewhere we are going to partner with government to create a program where we can and have access to build and then replicate that. Right, right. Globally, not even just in the U.S., but globally. Because you're mobile. Yeah. So you could be yeah, anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you could physically be anywhere. anywhere. What, like to... To do like a conversion, because I saw the videos yeah. and I required some time. Yeah. Um, how much does it cost to do a conversion? Yeah. So um, our customers are the travel nurse who needs a place to stay when she's mm-hmm. somewhere for three months. Our customer is the single mom or dad with their children and they want to travel the country and they work remote. Our mm-hmm. customer is the freelance photographer who can go anywhere and work from anywhere, right? Right. So. Our vans, we, uh, you know, inflation has really brought up prices on everything, but our vans start at 45K. 
mm-hmm. and they go up to about 80K, uh, not including the van, the vehicle. Uh, we are working on offering financing for some of our customers, mm-hmm. but um, 45 will get you like a weekender where you have a bed, you have a refrigerator, and you, you possibly could have a toilet or anything else. All of our vans are solar that comes part of the package. Um, if you want a full live-in, that's where the 80K comes in. That's like this, right? You have the, the, the bigger bed, you have more storage, you have a full shower and bathroom, mm-hmm. uh, you have a stove, sink, all that, right? right? That That is the more 70, 80K price range. And again, we've had people do the full range from weekender to full living uh, right. since, we've, since we've been started. Now, this is your style, yeah. but I've seen some modern ones. Yeah. Is there a price difference? Um, or they could come in at the same price, but then they can design it, it any way they it, want. It really, so we have a, we have a strict way that we design. Okay. Right. And so there have been people that said, Oh, my, my van is halfway done. Can you finish it? And I usually say no, because we didn't do the work before that. Mm. And if somebody sees that work, and they're like, it's a, oh, who did this? it's a reflection of us. And if, and not to say the work is, is good or bad, but it's not my work. That's like a photographer taking a photo of you and you edit the photo so much that it takes away from the photographer's style. And you say, oh, Vaughn took this. No, I didn't. Right, right, I took right. a shot that looks totally different from that. So yeah. don't put my name on it. Right, right. Right. And so we have this strict design that is a reflection of our brand and who we are. And that's why customers come to us. So we are going to always design with that, that mentality, but there's always room for customization in terms of um, like our last customer, she wanted to pick the wallpaper and the colors. Fine. We did it. It was a beautiful van. She had had wallpaper that had owls all over it. And I love owls. I was like, let's do it. Right. She had full design control. But we built in terms of design functionality, um, how we build, what it looks like from a physical standpoint, and then the paint and all that other stuff. That's fine. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But most of our vans are custom in that sense of, okay. of design functionality. So the, the infrastructure is your It's idea. ours, yes. But the, we, us- us- we, usually, we usually do the aesthetics as well, unless the customer says they want to do it. Okay, yeah. got it. All right. Mm-hmm. And and what's the benefit of having something like that? Like basically, yeah. sell me on a reason why yeah. I should have something like that. Sure. So if you had a conversion van of your own, number one, let's say you wanted to live in one, right? Mm-hmm. Let's let's take the extreme route first. Let's say you wanted to live in a conversion van, right. fully solar powered. You have no rent. That means you have no electricity bill either. Your water's negligible. Maybe fill up. Let's say you had a 20 gallon tank, you might fill up every two to three weeks, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can be mobile. You can go anywhere you want. You can be in every state every month if you want. And so you have the ability to travel. But the flip side of that is let's say you go see some family in Florida or wherever you got family. Right, at, right, right. And you stay with that family for three months. You're like, you know what? I don't want this van to sit around. So let me list it. So people can rent it out. You make five grand a month renting mm-hmm. out your van. Mm-hmm. And you got 15 grand just because you stay with some, some people. And you rent it out the van. You, re- you can rent it out, right? right? So there is absolutely a, a business opportunity with these vans. You could potentially make your money back in a year mm-hmm. 
by renting it out. Right. But you have a, also a, a rental model. We, we too, have a rent. Right? Yes, we have a rental as well. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing with our ecosystem is we're we're going to eventually get to the space where we have 15, 10 or 15 rental vans in every major city. And then we have these modular ADU style homes across the world, hopefully, mm-hmm. but at least in the US, you're on our platform, you play a monthly membership. That monthly membership is for housing. And now you pay a subscription model, you can be anywhere we have homes or vans and be just as fluid, right? So now you can create opportunity for yourself or you can buy your own van and rent it out if you want. But our network, yes, we, we will have a network of rental vans that people can rent out as well. And I'd like to have a rental to, to own option as well. So you, you rent this van or this ADU home and those rental payments actually do go towards you owning. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Now, let's say, uh, what's stopping me from getting like a mobile home? Um, so what, what do you call those? Barriers? Uh, no, the oh, stretched R- out, the RVs. RVs, right? yeah. What's the difference between an RV or something like you guys are creating? Sure. Uh, it's a great question. RVs are usually a lot bigger, a lot more expensive. And the number one thing that I've heard actually from our customers is that they're stale. So they go in there and they look, they all look the same. They look mm. stale. They just look unappealing. Mm-hmm. And with a van, you're a little more nimble. You can park in the parking lot. Uh, this truck is a little longer, but with the typical like Sprinter van or Ford Transit, which is the vans we work with, mm-hmm. you can park in the parking lot. You can take it on road trips. It's better on gas. Um, obviously, it's smaller in size, so you can't take a family of eight. Right, but right. in terms of mobility, I, I've even had... Boomers, right? The, right. The, the 60 to 65 year olds where they're retired, they don't want an RV. It's no. too big. Yeah, yeah. They don't want that. They but want what's the to... capacity for your van? Our capacity just depends. So like we, we actually built one of our last vans we built for a family of four, two kids, two adults. We built a platform bed across that's actually convertible. They can put it away if they want or they can extend it and, you know, set it up. Uh, there's another family of four that wants a van from us. So it just depends on you you telling me how many people you want to fit in the van or sleep in the van, mm. and we'll build that out for you. As long as it's feasible. Like, you, you can't fit eight people. Well, we might be able to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm an engineer, so we might be able yeah, to. Yeah, we yeah, put my foot in yeah, my mouth. Yeah, right. But if you tell me some unreasonable number, I'm like, okay, we might, might not be able to do that, but we'll maximize the sleeping mm. quarters for you. We'll maximize the space. I built this Murphy bed for a reason. I wanted people to be able to come in here and and, and commune with me and and vibe with me without my bed taking up half the van. But when this bed is down, it takes up half the van. Right, right, right. So I got I got space and functionality and that's how we build. This 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 truck right here is a direct reflection of how we build in terms of space utilization and design. That's phenomenal. How did you get into engineering? Like what was what um, was that journey like? I've I've been so I've been in terms of physical engineering, I've been an engineer since I was like four. Like I, I would take apart VCRs and my mom would come home. She'd find things in pieces. Like Vaughn, this was working when I left. What happened to the VCR? (laughs) It's got screws all over the place. I'm like, mom, I just wanted to know how it worked. So I've been doing that since I was young. And then I was around uncles and uh, grandfathers who were good with their hands as well. So I saw it. And they were engineers too? One one was an engineer. 
they were all engineers, but not by trade. Only one, my grandfather. Okay. And he actually is the part of the inspiration for this because he always lived in a van or a, a mobile unit or RV. Yeah. Always. I've never known. He's still to this day. Yeah. He's in Indiana. I think he's almost 80 and he lives in a trailer. You know, like a dope trailer, but he's in a trailer. Everybody's story stems from somewhere growing up in the family. Yeah. A family member, somebody that was around the family that initiated a thought yeah. that got them going to the point where when they trace it back, yeah. they realize, holy shit, I, I got this from this person. Yes. Yeah. And what's crazy that seed was planted so far ago, like so long ago when I was young, and it didn't, it didn't sprout it until didn't 2020. Yet. In September 2020, it didn't, it, didn't, it didn't sprout up. Or I guess 2018 when I built this truck, it was like, oh, like this is familiar because mm -hmm. I've seen this before. I've right. seen somebody do this. That's also why it was important for me to do it as a black man, because our community doesn't see a lot of this. I, and that's what I thought was powerful. Yeah. Our community doesn't yeah. see this. And again, because we're recording this, it needs to be addressed. There are going to be people that see this and say, why, why is it important for him to say he's a black man doing this? Mm -hmm. He's just a man. He's engineered, blah, blah, blah. It's important because, you know, representation matters and the examples matter. It, the person that taught mm -hmm. you how to ride a bike, you probably trusted and they, they felt familiar. Right. The person who taught you how to swim, they, they felt familiar and you trusted, right? Right, right. So how can, how can you feel like you can do something if no one that you trust and feel safe with is doing it? Or it doesn't look like or it. Or doesn't look like that's it. That's doing right? it. Right? So, so the first, the first female pilot. Did, did, did women think it was possible before they saw that pilot? Mm -hmm. Maybe, but they weren't willing to try it. Right, right. Until that first female pilot flew yeah. and now women fly, right? So it's a prime example because I get a lot of women, white women who say that. And I'm like, look at the example that yeah, was right. set for you. Right, right, right. Look at right. the example that was right, set for right. you and don't discount that because you had a lot of examples, people in general, but you just have to look at the examples that yeah, are set, set for you, and, and that's all I'm doing. That's it. Yeah. That's why it's important for me to say that. I'm, no, yeah. I agree with you 1,000%. The thing is, we have to be apologetic for asking for a representation. Right. Or for wanting right. to have a representation. We have to be apologetic. But then with other cultures, <laughs> they're happy and they celebrate yeah. when one of theirs are successful. Exactly. exactly. Right? Yeah. Unapologetically. Yes. They can do that. But yes. then for us, it has to be more... Well, we have to explain or give a reason why yeah. we're saying that there has to be more of a positive image within our culture. Yeah. And what you're doing has implications or is, is an indicator of what success looked like or could look like from someone that's relatable, familiar, yes. and look like you. Yes. So growing up, somebody's going to say, exactly. hey, I want to do that that's too it, because man. I see him able that's, to that's do it. That's all I want. And that's what you did. Yeah. You saw your grandfather. Yes. And he didn't even, and he, the thing is, he didn't even look like me, but right. I trusted him. Right. I trusted him and I loved him. Right. And so, you know, my grandfather's white. Yeah. But, but I saw that and I, and, and that was my example. And so I, I took that. It has that. to be from home. It has yeah, to be close. It has, it has to be close. Somebody yeah. you love, somebody you trust. Yeah. You know, so. And supported you. And supported you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it, it's not, you know, it's not about a race thing. It's not, none of that. It's just, it's a matter of representation and being an example, a positive example for anyone looking to think a different way about home. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. It could be anybody. It could, it, 
could be anybody. Anybody. Anybody yep. could do this. Because yep. this, this concept is relatable to so many people that, but I gotta, I gotta say this though. It's more relatable, even though you told me that there was a family that bought a conversion. Yeah. Uh, that you converted their van over. Um, but is it more tailored towards single life? What's the percentage of, of your clients that come in that are family driven? They're just people that just want to venture off and be backpackers with a with a vehicle. So about about eighteen percent of my customers have been single. The rest have been wow. families or people who have like a partner. Um, and again. None of my customers live in their van full time, but they take it for camping or they rent it out or both of a mixture of that. Mm -hmm. But uh, 18%, I believe that's one, one sixth of my customers. So wow. one, one of my customers, one, one was single mm -hmm. and I think he has a girlfriend now, so he's yeah. not single anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but he still goes but it's still that lifestyle. Yeah, it's, still, it's, yeah. it's still there. Um, this is, this is a stepping stone, right? Mm -hmm. Which again, which is why we also want to start building these homes. Cause this is a stepping stone. If you are single or if you do have the freedom to work remotely, right? Or you are that travel nurse that needs a place to stay in a city that they're unfamiliar with and they don't want to pay last minute for some lease just to break it. Mm -hmm. That that's a thing. So we're trying to create the stepping stone, the 24 to 44 year olds who can get into this lifestyle. They can finance a vehicle. And again, we're, we're working on with a finance company right now to offer financing for the young professional that can pay and live this, this life of like, it really is true freedom. Mm -hmm. You can drive anywhere you want. Mm -hmm. You can have, you know, the ability to, um, you have more capital and time to invest when, when you live this lifestyle. Right, right, right. And that's probably, that's what I didn't realize would happen when I built this. I, I didn't realize, oh, I don't, I don't have to work as much if I don't want to because I have no rent, which means I can invest more time and more money into people who I want to. Oh, you're, you're a young entrepreneur? Cool. Let me give you 500 and invest in your business, right? Mm. I don't need that for rent. Cause I don't have rent. Right, right, right. Thing, the things like that, that just like switched yeah. when I did this was like, Oh, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just, it's a, it's a powerful concept. If you can, if you can stand the space, you free up a lot of things you didn't realize you needed. My money and time, my you know, yeah, money and time. Yeah. And time is my currency, yeah, yeah. not money. No, no, no. Time is my currency. Yeah. When I, when I worked, started working myself, I realized how valuable time was. I'm glad you point that out because as an entrepreneur, you start to figure out that the time is, yes, is the most valuable commodity if it's used correctly. Correct. Yeah. yeah. You have to be efficient with you it. You got to be efficient with yeah. it. So, and I use this phrase because I was having a discussion uh, with family and friend, friends. And I said, listen, my time is not equivalent to somebody that's working a nine to five. Yes. Right. So yes. my time, yeah. I can't hang out as much yeah. because my time is, um, is 
dependent on how much effort I put in. Right. Right. That effort turns Direct into currency. Yeah. Correct. Right. Yeah. So as much as I inject in, this is what I'm going to get out. Right. So, but a person that can go, that has a nine to five can go back to work the next yes. day, you know, yes. get, a, you know, still have stability, yep. still have a paycheck where my time is dependent on what I do. Yes. Right. To, to get that currency. Yes. So. And it doesn't I'm, fluctuate. It doesn't fluctuate. No. And I think the paradigm shift for me was just like you, is that, wow, time is valuable. Yeah. Right. I, I can't waste it. Yeah. And then where can I allocate my time yep. efficiently? Yep. So that way now I don't have my time. That <laughs> I have my time. And then also you realize you can, in your case, you can be more impactful mm-hmm. because you're saving on That's course. It. That's it right there. Yeah. That's it. The, the ability to have impact that you would never have if you had, and there's no, there's no jab at the nine to five. No, the, no. The ability to have impact when you don't work a nine to five for someone or you don't control your time right, working right. for a nine to five mm-hmm. is, it's massive when you control your time. Massive. Being able to fly across the country and come interview me and let me share my story on your mm-hmm. platform, right? Like that's powerful. Yes. Like you're creating direct impact because you control your time. You control that variable. That is so true. And it's, and it's the same way because, because you have control of your time. Yeah. You're able I'm, to be I'm here. Able to be here. <laughs> sure. Exactly. Then, yeah. But the harmony in that is just, is something so beautiful that I'm not willing to give that up ever right. again. Right. Right. I agree. I agree 100%. Now, final question for me. If, there's a young person like you yeah. that was looking to get started, right? Because this show is based on getting people started yeah. into their journey and their career. What is it that you would, what advice or suggestion you would make to get people started? Absolutely. So I, I feel like that's the best question I always get asked. Um, and I have something to add to the normal response that I usually give. And it's number one, Take some financial literacy courses. Number one, uh, get all the knowledge you can from the people around you about money management. Um, once you get that down, start looking at ways to stack money, save money, make money. Even if you have a nine to five, like every entrepreneur can attest, when they worked that nine to five, they also had the side hustle. They also had yeah. the hustle on the side and or save for that uh, or hustle. save or save for that hustle. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not a fan of team no sleep at all like you need sleep to function but there are sometimes in the early stages of entrepreneurship where you can't go to sleep when you want to mm-hmm. but use your time wisely and start saving up the money and create good credit history all that because as much as i hate it we need it but when you have those things in place you can do what you want you can finance the vehicle and if you are thinking if someone watching this is thinking about doing this or having this lifestyle rent a van i'd like you to rent ours but if not rent somebody else's (laughs) but rent the van and see what it's like see how you feel inside do it for a week and if you can if you can manage that then think about okay maybe i can finance a vehicle and Mm -hmm. hire a company like unoma house or somebody else near you and get them to build out a van for you and and our prices are our prices somebody else may be able to do something a little cheaper. Whatever's in your budget, mm-hmm. um, in this industry, you get what you pay for. 
So if you want something quality that will last four years, then you you might end up paying for that. But uh, figure out what that looks like. Figure out a budget that works for you. Do some research and take the leap. If if nothing else, you have a vehicle that you can sell. If you didn't like it, you have a vehicle that you can sell twice what you paid for it. You know, especially if you have the conversion. If you don't have the conversion, then you just you sell the vehicle back, or you rent it out. You rent it out. I think if you have a vehicle in this economy now, you can use it as a money making. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got Uber. You got figured literally like you can make money from that Mm -hmm. vehicle, renting it out as a cargo van or an errand van, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But it's not a loss. And I would say, for the younger generation, do it now. Do it now as you're younger. 20 to 24 to 27, which is also the time I'm like, make all the mistakes too. Mm-hmm, make mm-hmm, all the mistakes, mm-hmm. do all the things. So you learn by the time you're in your thirties, you're good. You, you got everything set up for you and you know, kind of like the direction that you want to go, mm-hmm. but make all the mistakes now, mm-hmm. take the adventures now and travel as much as possible. Yeah. I just want to piggyback on it and add yeah. one thing. It's never too late too, because nope. I've seen people who've had 2020 has really opened my eyes of how many people had aspirations to do some wonderful things that held them back until 2020. I don't know what clicked for a lot of people where they decided being stuck in the house. That's what it was. Being stuck in the house had a moment of opportunity to think, uh, reflect. Priorities were shifted in the pandemic. Priorities were shifted, and then something just that paradigm just shift where people said, "Listen, yeah, I'm willing to take the chance." Yeah. I'm willing to retire and enjoy life. I'm willing to go to the next level yep. of whatever it is in their career and their path, right? You're like, the world might end. I might as well do I it I might as well do I don't it. Know what's happening tomorrow, <laughs> but I'm going to do this. Yeah, and I think that was a wake-up call. Yeah. So I just wanted to piggyback because everything you said, I agree with 1,000%. Yeah. I just want to piggyback. It's never too late because um, opportunities and it's out there for everyone. Everyone, yeah. Especially right now. Yeah. I think it's easier now to with all these automations, with all these uh, information and all these applications that's just coming out like left and right, I think it's a lot easier to put something in place for you to be able to manage yourself, manage your finances and and just take, take the opportunity, take a chance. I mean, it still has to be calculated risk, but yeah. throw out there because it's never too late. Yep. And like Vaughn is doing is to me is phenomenal because you, you if you see this space, you know, when from the outside, you're like, ah, but then once you come inside, you're like, wait, like, oh, this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing is incredible. And then just the functionalities in here. I don't, we're going to show it in the clip in the video, but this thing is fully functional in, in all aspects from water, from uh, electricity, from, it's just like a moving house, literally. Yeah. And I, I'm so impressed. Bro. Thank you, brother. Yeah. I appreciate you. My guy. Uh, uh, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on. Absolutely. All thank right. you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Two questions. Yeah. What's behind your name of your company? Yeah. So oh. it's Yeah, okay. And then also, what's the best area you stay in? I don't know if you've moved around. And then also, why you, like, you don't have a permanent residence. Is this your residence? Yes. Okay, so can I explain how the challenge is just for someone coming into this? Okay. Right? Okay. Having like the basic 
being in a house camera, yeah. and then leaving that behind, right? Because for me, something like this is like it's a shock, yeah. right? Because yeah. you're used to the norm, right? Yep. Like a like a square footage, whatever it is you walk in, you have the living room, the conventional living room, bedroom, whatever. Yep. So walking into this, like, so my reaction is like, okay, this is very unique. Right? Yeah. And it's something that I have to know, like you said, like test it out. Yep. Yep. But for someone like you. And give your first impression. Like, what was it like? What's the challenge? Yeah. Not everything is like you walk in, you're like, I love it. That's 100%. not realistic. Yep. Right. You know I mean? yeah. So, what were your Some challenges? Some of the challenges, yeah. Yeah, that would be great. So, um, in terms of like my my company name, Uno My House, right? That the house is H A U S, the German way of spelling Haas, but mm-hmm. it's an ode to uh, my African roots and my European German roots mm-hmm. and my family. And so Unoma is Igbo. It means beautiful home. So we are essentially the the house responsible for creating beautiful homes, right? Right. Um, the, the, the shop creating beautiful homes. And you can expect to find beauty and high quality uh, builds in anything we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of the challenges that I faced initially when I built this truck, I think number one was parking. So when you, when you get back to New York and you get in your car, you're not going to think about where you're going. You're going home. Right. It doesn't matter where home is. You're going home. You know where it's at. Right. With this, I could be, I'm parked right here now. I could go to Chick-fil-A, get some food. And coming back, I'm like, okay, I can't stay here tonight. Where's home going to be? And so building up that list of pins in my Google Maps that lets me know I can park here on Saturdays all day, or I can park here all week and I have to worry about anything. I can park here, but there's high foot traffic. So I don't know if I want to do that unless it's like early in the morning. And I have these pins and I have these notes in my Google Maps that slowly but surely I generated these parking spaces Mm -hmm. and parking spots. And some of them have signage. Some of them have meters. I don't abide by those rules <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if I get a parking ticket because I didn't pay a meter, that's fine. Mm. Um, the most I've gotten was a knock from uh, police. Basically just kind of wondering what I was doing and telling me like, hey, you really can't park here. But if you move your truck every few days, you should be fine without tickets. Mm-hmm. And that was that was about it. It is a scary thing having someone knock on the outside of your vehicle and you not know who it is or what they are. I do have cameras on the outside of my vehicle that I can talk to and see people mm-hmm. and record. But parking was the hardest thing at first. After that was the the bathroom situation. So I didn't I actually didn't have a toilet at first when I came back to LA. And everybody knows that struggle when you get up in the morning and you got to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when it's cold, it's worse. So I'm in this truck. It's 40 degrees in L.A. I don't have a bathroom yet. So I'm, I'm going to keep it 100. Yeah. I had jugs. <laughs> <laughs> I have water jugs that I had to go to the bathroom in. Got to do what you got to do. Or if I parked near a Starbucks, mm-hmm. I get up real quick in the morning, put on my clothes and hit that Starbucks real quick and then come back to the truck. But or a grocery store, whatever. That was that was a struggle until I got my toilet. Um, 
thankfully we can build where somebody doesn't have to deal with that. Yeah. But initially when I did it myself, I dealt with that. And then um, secondly is, I think it's the, um, the ability to really have your friends over. Uh, I'm, I'm an artist too, and I'm a photographer. I'm, I love to read. So you see my little bookshelf, but I have a storage unit with three or four boxes full of books that I can't have in here because of weight and because of space. I also have a bunch of art that I can't have on the walls because I don't have that real estate on the walls. So I have to like pick and choose what I want. And I rotate my art when I can, but that, that and having people in here is something that I do miss because I can't have more than like eight people in here comfortably, six people in here comfortably. Uh, but they also need to be able to get to me. So if I can't park near my friends, mm. I can't park in Hollywood, right? Like some of my friends are in Hollywood. I can't right, park right, in Hollywood. Right, right, right. So they have to be able to come see me. And sometimes that, that's not feasible. Um, thankfully, I'm okay being alone, though. Uh, I do miss my friends, but I'm also okay with just my my own company. But it's a lot easier for me to go see my friends instead of them coming to see me. And, you know, that's the that's the sacrifice I made. Mm-hmm. But I think those are some of the challenges with this lifestyle that you find. Um, another one that will probably come up that I'm sure someone is going to ask in the comments or otherwise is about dating. No. And uh, dating a- actually was not a challenge. I was going to uh, say that, but I didn't want to. <laughs> dating was actually not a challenge because if nothing else, this truck is a conversation piece. Mm. So I'm, you know, if I'm in a bar or something, uh, I'm dating right now, but if, if I were in a bar talking to somebody and it's like, yo, so where do you live? And I'm like, everywhere. So they know, really, where do you live? I'm like, well, I built a delivery truck and inside of it is a tiny home. And they're like, what? Wait a minute, what? Mm-hmm. I start showing them pictures. Next thing I know, they're like, I want to see it. Like, I want to, I want to tour it right now. Right, right. I, I can't count how many days I've gone on and we've come back to the truck to like, so I can give a tour and you, it's two types of women. This is dope, but I can I can date you. Like I yeah, can yeah, be in yeah, here yeah, full yeah. time. And yeah. I think some of them think that we have to like stay in here all the time. And then you get the woman like, "Yo, this is dope. I'm trying to date you. Like yeah, this is fly. Yeah, I don't know anybody yeah, doing this, yeah. right?" So, yeah. and I think either way, it's a win because with both cases, the woman is walking away with her mind expanded in terms of possibility for home. Yeah, you brought it that either, either way. Yeah. Because they've never seen this before mm-hmm. in their life, mm-hmm. and or they've if they dated me, they've never dated a guy who lived in a delivery truck. Mm-hmm. They'll never forget me. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> they'll never forget me. That's so fat. <laughs> but dating dating has been it's been fun. Yeah, like it's, it's it's been fun. It's I get people all the time that ask me. I don't Have know. you ever parked next to? First of all, I want I want to touch back on the um, yeah. where you pin everything because yeah, I yeah. realized that. You create a whole data system yes. that you can actually sell with the package. We're, we're, if, yep. Okay. So we're, we're doing that. All right, <laughs> all right. So I thought about that. Yep. All right. But now, have you ever parked next to a bar and then you just, absolutely. you know, drank it and just walk right absolutely. in? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, there's, a, right there. there's a place up in, um, up yeah, in the yeah. valley area where I used to park all the time. Mm-hmm. And right next to one of my favorite bars is some meters. Yeah. And I would park there all the time. And just like, I will go get drinks. Come right in, come back home. 
Fire right come there. Back home. I've gone on Lit. dates at that bar and then come back home. <laughs> Lit. <laughs> you know, you don't got to worry about getting drunk. You don't got to worry about drunk. No, no. Yo, that's fire. It's, um, it really is, like, this is, before I, before, when I traveled the country for two months, that was easily the most exciting thing I'd done. Mm-hmm. And then I did this. Mm-hmm. And this, this hands down has been the most exciting thing I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. Just because of the experience that it affords and the, uh, just the reaction in terms of how it affects people. I, I've always lived for impact in terms of how can I impact people's lives. Mm. And this just like does it, man. It's like toxic. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what else I could do. I mean, besides like building my company to have like an impact like I have had with this truck. Mm-hmm. Literally global, global people. People globally know about this van, this tiny home truck, mm-hmm. which is what it's known for. And I've had messages from people all over the world just like, yo, I, I love what you're doing. It's crazy. And that's crazy to me. Yeah, that's crazy. That's wild. So what happens? I know that it has to be a point where you're going to expand. Yes, yes. I won't well, be in here forever. No, <laughs> I'm not. It's literally <laughs> possible. At your growth, at your, the way you're scaling, yeah. it, it, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. um. Now let's say for what happens to this piece? Like what happens to this vehicle? Are you gonna put it up like a I, I wouldn't sell it. Yeah. I mean, what would you do with it? I know what I'll do with yeah. it. I'll have it like some I mean you can't have it obviously in a museum or anything like that, but you should have it someplace where it could be showcased or yeah. seen. But what would you do with it? Um I've thought about this many times. I've actually thought about selling it, but uh it the urge is too strong to have it live on. And so I actually do think it could be in a museum yeah. uh, or be on the property of a museum because I've, I've done uh tiny fest. They're called tiny fest before. And I've been an exhibitor where I pulled my truck up and I had 150 people come to my truck and I gave them the 15 minute tour one by one. And it was incredible. But I was like, the whole time I'm thinking like, what does this look like in my community? Mm. What does this look like at a school in Inglewood where they come in a truck? And they have all the questions. Right, right, how did right. you do this? Yeah, yeah. What, how did, what, what made you think about this? Because yeah. I was like, that's, that's the stimulation that yes. young kids need. Yes. Because if they see something like that, that stimulates the mind to say, oh, yes. this is how you did it. And, you know, kids, when they're young, they're so curious. Yes. And they're trying to figure out how things work. And if you can have that impact at a young age, they're going to grow up to say, oh, I remember this. Yeah. And, 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 then, and think about what. It's possible because if you set that bar mm-hmm. for possibility mm-hmm. young, mm-hmm. then it's like when they're older and they have the resources, they're beyond like yeah, the peers, you, right? You just expanded yeah. their uh, imagination. Yep. So now they're like all over the place. Oh, yep. he could do this. Imagine. And then, you know, they start being creative and designing certain things. Absolutely. No, I think that's huge. I spoke to uh, a group of students from eighth grade to 12th grade this past week. Yeah, the young, yeah, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after I was done talking to them about my my life as an entrepreneur and what I do as a professional, I asked them, I was like, would you guys like to see a, one of our vans in person? Like, would that be exciting to you? And all of them were like, absolutely. Like, when can you pull up, yeah. right? And that got me excited because I had never had the opportunity to actually ask some students because I had been wanting to do that. Mm-hmm. And they all were down. So I'm working, I'm working on doing that with the Boys and Girls Club over in Monterey Park and pulling up and then hopefully doing that in in 
all the other ones in, in yeah. high schools and just like exposure, exposure, exposure. But when everything's said and done and I move out of this into a new space, I do want this to live on. I do want it to be an exhibit if possible. I think it can. Yeah. And this or is a, even a traveling exhibit. I don't know. Like, what is that? Like? Yeah. Because this is your your early startup stage, right? Yes. This was right. this the was the model. This was the first model, the mm -hmm. first prototype, where I learned everything that I'm doing now. And so, and it was also my home. But this was the first prototype that set it off. This was the the incubation of Unoma House. Yeah. And you turned this into a flywheel, into like something bigger. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. this is this is. Powerful. Thank you. Like, bro. I like this. I appreciate room. you. Thanks yeah. a lot, brother. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, everyone. We're out here in Los Angeles, LA, in California, with our guy Vaughn. And we're so happy because he's doing conversions, turning vans into mobile homes, something that's phenomenal, impacting the culture, impacting the community. And we're just so happy to be here in this sunshine state of California to have an amazing time with our guy Vaughn. Vaughn, you ready? I'm ready. There we go. Fine, let them know. <laughs> Tune in soon. <laughs> Tune in soon. Follow me on Instagram at Unoma House. Follow me at Tiny Home Truck. Follow my personal account at Mr. Dabney, M-R-D-A-B-N-Y. Connect with me. I'm reachable. And if you have any questions at all, I'm here to answer. This was another great episode. If you'd like to keep up to date, you can find us on IG at It Starts Now. And if you got something out of this, you can always like, share, subscribe, and feel free to leave a comment. Your feedback is very valuable to us. I am Stan Lane, and don't forget, it starts now.